0: So Elliot and I recorded episode 204 uh, prior to some news coming out. So just wanted to mention that uh, we did hear after recording about three Eagles players who were placed on the uh, reserve slash COVID-19 list created for a player test positive or has been in close contact um, with a infected person uh, per NFL and NFLPA policy. So uh, Eagles who have either tested positive or been in close contact are uh, Nate Gary, Jordan Mailata, and Lane Johnson, uh, the biggest name. Lane Johnson put out a statement saying, I've tested positive for COVID-19, but feel strong and ready to go. Over the past few months, I've tested negative after all travels, including before and after EOL Mastermind Summit 18 years ago, 18 days ago, excuse me. I've been working hard in preparation for a long and grueling season and have tried to take all the necessary precautions to build a safe and healthy environment during the sessions. I have and will continue to take this seriously and encourage everyone else to do so as well. I will follow all protocols and I look forward to joining my teammates and coaches on the field soon. So that is from Lane Johnson, Nate Gary again, and uh, and my Lada as well. I've uh, potentially tested positive, nothing else. I've been in contact with, with people who were infected. Um, So Elliot and I did not talk about this. This came out after we recorded, but um, basically everything else we talked about with um, opt-outs and and the the protocols and all that still still hold true, uh, even in light of the news. But um, obviously our thoughts and prayers are with Lane Johnson, with Nate Gary, with Jordan Mailata, if any of them are affected by this. And Lane obviously sounds like he's in a good spot, which is great to hear with it, but... Ultimately, um, you know, we're thinking about those guys. Hopefully, they uh, uh, can recover quickly and return to action soon. And um, just wanted to add this on at the beginning of the pod to make sure um, that we, uh, we covered that, mentioned that this had happened, uh, and, uh, and acknowledged, and, and obviously, again, uh, thoughts and prayers to those guys. And um, there we go. So uh, that is the news, and we will dive in now to episode 204 of the go birds podcast you're listening to the go birds pod a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds hey hello everyone it is another edition of the go birds pod episode 204 as elliot it's training camp time players are actually reporting carson wentz is swole and showing up what's up brother Man, nothing I love more than when
1: Eagles Twitter decides to view one thing one way and just everyone gets excited about it. Oh, like that's Car- great. Carson Carson shows up looking swole. Everyone just is like, that's definitely muscle. He looks big. <laughs> he, 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 he looked like he's been working out, right? I mean, he looked he, he looked did. huge. He did. Um, but man, it just it makes me miss training camp. It really does. Like I was on with Angelo uh, what's today? Wednesday mo- or Tuesday morning. Today's Tuesday. So I was on with Angelo Tuesday morning. And it just reminded me that this time last year, I was standing on the field at Novacare, updating them on what was going on. So it's still a big bummer. It really is. But I am uh it, it you know, we'll have actual, I guess, football news to talk about Doug talk today. Jalen Rieger talk, Jalen hurts talked, um, the Eagles made some some semblance of a roster move with Alshon, the Marquise Goodwin stuff. So, definitely some actual real football things to get into today.
0: Yeah, what a beautiful thing. We actually have real football stuff to talk about that is exciting. And we will dive into that. We also have, uh, you know, classic football debate stuff to get into, yeah. too. You doing all right? How you holding up? Well, I got a paper cut today. Oh, which...
1: no. <laughs> what are <laughs> not, we going to do? Not going to lie. Like, I know I'm a grown man in many ways, but God, I like, the, in many ways really is,
0: is strong.
1: Yeah. Well, my voice not being one of them, <laughs> but like, man, paper cuts suck. Like I got to tell you, like, especially cause you don't expect to get them and they just come out of nowhere. And now I have a bandaid on it and it's just, it's no good, but I'm, I'm working. <laughs> we're all feeling, I can't, I can't for you, with my,
0: Oh my know?
1: God, the indignity. <laughs> I always think like, you know, you think about like real men that when they're older, their hands are so like tough because they've been doing like years of manual mm-hmm, labor. Sure, my hands are gonna be like swollen from like arthritis because <laughs> I tweet too
0: much. <laughs> yeah, so, we so, each like, have our own thing. Yeah, you know? not not rugged, you would say, but but swollen. Yeah, nonetheless, I don't think you're Carson's like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> grandkids aren't gonna be like, Elliot, tell us about your, uh, you know, your manly hands. <laughs>
0: Oh man, what, a, what a, do you think? Any grandkid actually says to their grandfather, "Hey, grandfather, tell me about your manly hands. They're so manly." Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's both kind of my kind grand- of a weird thing to say. You might think it is. It
1: is. I never said it to my grandparents. My both of my grandpas did like my one grandpa worked in the steel mill, and my other one did something with boats. So they had like real jobs. So I'd imagine looking back, their hands were probably you know had like. Years of hard work on them, whereas I have a paper cut and I have.
0: A <laughs> it's literally the first thing you mentioned on the podcast is your paper cut. Yeah. so we know we know. I was going to text
1: at. you about it, but then I was like, "No, nah, wait and tell them on the pod."
0: <laughs> well, thanks, man. I, I'm happy. No because you know we need the Go Birds listeners to know these things, to know that you're suffering yes. from paper cut. Yes.
1: Um, speaking of the Go Birds listeners, yes, yes. Got a lot of good reviews, and like I said on the end of the last pod, I appreciate everyone that's reached out and said nice things about the first few episodes. You know, it's just it's good to hear positive feedback. Um, but someone left a uh, five-star review, which was great, and it wasn't really about the pod as much. It was d- directly aimed at you, James. Uh-oh. and it's just so so perfect. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, so the title is "Want to Hang Out with James at a Music Festival," by Fish Liam. Five stars. Shout out to and- Liam.
0: I can already tell Liam and I would get along. So
1: he says, Dear James, your passion for most everything you talk about is a major boost for my days. Agreed, Liam. Whether it's the fills, the birds, movies, food, or uh, dope jam music, you're always providing endless hype and great analysis. Also, I've wanted to suggest some bands to you for a while. uh, Yeah, so here's a few of them. And as someone that does not listen to this type of music, this feels like a word jumble, but it says, (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm on point given your fish obsession Pigeons playing ping pong mo Mungeon
0: Turkas. <laughs> I love that you just throw Mo in there as part of the first. I've seen Mo probably in the, the range of twenty times. Mo.
1: Okay, sure. I, is that the what's the band called? M O E is P-
0: one P- of them. Is one of them. The other I don't know the Pigeons band. What else? Uh
1: Mungeon Turcos Hope. You take some oh hope's the next sentence. Okay. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> This is perfect. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then he, he ended it by saying, Elliot takes a hot garbage by begrudgingly respect your underlying ability to defend them. So shout out nice to Liam.
0: Yeah. Well. Far too kind, uh, Liam. Thank you. And yeah. uh,
1: appreciate everyone that's been leaving comments. Yeah,
0: no, that, that we do. We really do. Honestly, you know, we, um, we're nothing without you literally, I mean, you know, we are yeah. nothing without the people who listen to this podcast, interact with us. This doesn't exist without you. So, uh, it really does mean a lot. And, and Liam, the day that we are allowed to go to music festivals again, you and I are going to a music festival. We'll hang out. We'll have a blast. I've been to many a music festival. I'll throw a band your way, too, that is not fish. uh it, it might not sound like a real band to you, uh, Elliot, but Liam, if you never okay. checked out the String Cheese Incident, you might want to check oh out String God. Cheese. String Cheese is good. I'm a fan. The Disco Biscuits, Philly's own, the Disco Biscuits. Do you, do you think that's have a real you band?
1: Heard- have you heard of, I think they're called Pigeon People or Pigeon Person? No, well,
0: I'm going to check them out now that he suggested it. I trust okay. Liam's taste. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward well, to checking that, that out. that was
1: a suggestion from me. Unless he meant by pigeons, that's what he meant. But there was another band I've oh, been listening oh, to Oh, called- you're
0: adding another yeah. one. So what do they call? adding
1: another It's either Pigeon People or Pigeon Person. Okay, I don't know. Kristen listens to them, and they're actually pretty good.
0: Well, I'll just say this. I am more likely inclined to take Liam's recommendations on music than yours. I think that's... uh, Fair enough. Fair (laughs) Fair enough. All right, let's talk some football. Uh, Elliot, I think it's very clear. As you mentioned, there's a lot of news to talk about, and we'll get into that. But let's start with what's clearly been the biggest story in the NFL over this week. And we'll get to the Marlins and how that impacts the NFL and all that. But... The opt-outs have clearly been the the number one thing going on in the NFL this this week. Uh, the Patriots, six players, I believe, including their starting left tackle, Marcus Cannon, including Dante Hightower. We've seen the Vikings lose their top free agent signing in the offseason. We've seen Eddie Goldman, uh, a really good defensive player for the Bears. And the Philadelphia Eagles, it looks like Marquise Goodwin, as far as we know, seems to be the only player opting out. What are your thoughts on the opt-outs in general? And then we'll get to Goodwin specifically and how it affects the Eagles.
1: Way more opt-outs than I expected. Me too. I will say that Uh, way more than I expected. I I would say the most interesting aspect of the uh, the opt-outs is how many people opt out of of the Patriots. Like I don't think there were any big names that super surprised me. I guess Marquise Goodwin, just because I followed the team closely, probably hit me the most. But you know Dante Hightower, definitely a great player, semi big name, not a superstar. Like no quarterbacks opted out. No you know, outstanding, I would say, like, big-name players. I mean, Dante so, Hightower
0: but, is pretty close to it. I mean, he's a, a you know, pro-bowl-level type player.
1: Yeah, he's very good. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. He's the closest there was. But my overall point is I was surprised how many people opted out. I really was. Um, And I don't know. I mean, it's complicated because the financial aspects of it, like if you get if it's deemed that you opted out for a medical reason, you get 350000 if you opt out uh, on your own just out of caution, you basically get an advance of 150,000. Like there's a misconception out there that these players are getting paid this year; they're really getting advance on their salary for 2021. And if you're a borderline roster guy, you opt out for for your own caution, and then you don't make the team in 2021, you have to pay that team back 150,000. So, like it's a you know, and I I think sometimes on Twitter people almost defend against a point not a lot of people are making. Uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, everyone that's saying these players are, you know, ripping these players for ripping out need to shut up. Like, I saw a very, very small subsection of fans that are actually saying Marquise
0: Goodwin should be playing. But yeah, I, I I, to, be, people... to be fair with Marquise Goodwin, I didn't see anyone who said to And I'm yeah. sure they're out there, but I I, I agree with you. I think if pretty unanimous people say, oh, you got a five-month-old kid. You've had trouble having kids. Like, cool, man, do you?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that people... You know, you should take into account what these guys are giving up. Like Marquise Goodwin, this was a huge year for his career. He had a down year last year. You could tell how excited he was to play for the Eagles just via how he was using social media, you know, posting pictures of him in an Eagles jersey, all that stuff. I'm sure this was a very tough decision for him. I'm sure it was a tough decision for all these players. NFL careers are short. Like giving up a year is a really big deal. So I respect everyone that made that decision. I think this is a decision everyone has to make on their own. It's not one that. You know, they're all different reasons, right? Marquis Goodwin's is different than Dante Hightower's and and stuff like that. So, but definitely way more than I expected. What do you think of the fact that so many people opted out of New England? (laughs)
0: Look, I think it's fascinating. Um, I don't. I will say off the the jump, and the fact that Adam Schefter is tweeting about it, talking to an NFL guy who's saying Bill's up to something, like is notable to me. But I I don't yes. I don't believe that it is some you know Bill Belichickian type of conspiracy type of thing. I don't think that. But look, I I agree with Schefter and the NFL guy. I wouldn't put anything past Belichick. He is obviously um, thinks about a lot and does a lot of things outside the box and all that. But I don't think it's that. I, I I think it, it, it's simply a situation where I think it shows that these Patriot guys, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, you know, all these guys have, have talked to each other. And and I think that this is the type of thing where maybe it's a, a locker room in particular where a lot of guys have kind of been able to, to, you know, maybe not just convince other players, but, you know, kind of talk to like-minded players who are potentially already thinking about opting out. It's like, Oh, you're doing it. Well then I'll do it too. That makes me feel better about it. I certainly think that, it is easier to opt out of a team if you know you have teammates who are also doing it, right? I mean, yes. Because to your point, and and I think it's a fascinating one because the idea of the people who are ripping these players, and again, I don't think there are many of those, especially in it's cases, a small subset. It's a small subset, but I I do wonder, and this is something we can never know, but. I wonder what the teammates feel about it because that's a whole different thing. The the players who are showing up to play, how do they view guys who decide to opt out? So I think that – and my guess is that I'm sure sure there are some who say you do you. That's all good. And I'm sure there are some who resent it. Like, yo, you're my teammate. I need you, man. I'm here. Like, Dante Hightower, you're one of the best players on this team. Like, what do we do without you? I'm sure there are players who feel that way and thus – I think that for those Patriots players, knowing they had other guys in that locker room who were doing it, maybe potentially let other players feel more comfortable doing it. That's my best guess at what's going on in the Patriots locker room. But like, obviously, I don't know for sure.
1: Right. Well, my, my initial takeaway from it was, I think, let's say if I was an NFL player, part of making this decision would be, How much do I trust the organization to take care of me? Like, how much do I think that when I walk in that facility, the top priority is going to be my safety? And I don't know if this is it in New England, but I do think New England has earned the reputation of being like, you are, you come in the building, football is the top priority. We do, you know, and I'm not saying they're going to break the rules or anything, but I do wonder if maybe players on the Patriots thought, you know what, like, they're, once I get in there, my, they're not going to make safety my top priority. The top priority for there is going to be winning games, getting every advantage, that type of thing. Like, do I want to put myself in that situation? So if it was one Patriots player, I, I wouldn't think that, but to have so many, I mean, you know, it's a good portion of them, like what maybe 20% of the guys that opt out are, are from new England. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think there's something to it for sure. And we're ju- we're just guessing at this point, but Look, I mean, New England has a reputation of being a place that's not fun to play. And if you're already somewhat concerned about your health and you don't feel like you get treated well there – I think that there could be a part of that.
0: Yeah. And look, no more Tom Brady there. I mean, Richie keeps saying, and I, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he keeps saying if Tom Brady were there, I'll bet you less players opt out. And I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but it, it's an interesting thought, right? It's an interesting thought that in this offseason of upheaval up there that you know changeover after, you know, the the dynasty of dynasties, that that maybe some players are saying, you know what, yeah, I'm I'm taking a year off from this for that reason. I mean, it's possible Either way, I think there's no question that it is notable. Like, it is not something where you could just say, huh, that's weird. You know, there is a reason. You know, that the fact that, like mm-hmm. you said, 20% or whatever than 18%, whatever that number is, the fact that that many of a percent of opting out players are in New England, I mean, that's, that's not, again, I don't think it's coincidence is what I'm trying to say. Uh,
1: agreed. Agreed. Now. I will say, like, I don't think Marquise Goodwin opted out because he doesn't have faith in the Eagles organization. So I think that it's a it's a very specific thing to New England. Uh, but yeah, it's it's noteworthy, and I think the fact only Eagles Eagles only had one, you know, you could also flip that to say Eagles. Eagles players feel safe there. I think Marquise Goodwin's situation is, you know, it's different, obviously, because of his, his, he just had a child and all that stuff. But I do think Eagles players feel safe in the Novacare, And, and Doug talked about that, uh, you know, this week when he he spoke to the media saying he feels safe there. And the Eagles website uh, has kind of released some of the details of what's going on there. And it's intense. Like, You wake up in the morning, you take a questionnaire on an app. If you answer those questions correctly, you're then allowed to drive into the NovaCare. Once you get to the NovaCare, you get a a COVID test and you're given a tracker. You get to the door and it's a touchless entrance, so you don't touch the handle. The tracker tracks everywhere you go in there. Like, I mean, the locker rooms are different, the weight rooms. So the Eagles are definitely going above and beyond now. It does not mean it's going to work out, and maybe this is a good time to get into you know a larger discussion about what happened with the Marlins in the NFL. But I, I do think you know Eagles players can feel safe knowing that the Eagles are doing everything they can to keep them as safe as they can in this situation. Yeah,
0: it's a great point, and and look again, just to to put a bow on the opt out thing is that. You know, we're not saying, we're just guessing. We don't know. who Each of these people have individual choices to make for themselves, their families, their lives, whatever. And who knows why these decisions are made, whether it's comfort with the team, whether it's just their own choice, not wanting to take the risk, whatever. Um, And again, I'm sure I speak for Elliot when I say that, you know, at least here we, we don't blame any players if they decide to take that route. I mean, that is... Uh, your choice and I would never resent or or anything but I do think you make a good point let's get into this broader conversation because you know look uh, we talk Eagles here but but we also are sports fans you know that I I do a Phillies podcast I you know we, we work at WIP we talk about the Phillies and all that so we're all aware of what is going on in Major League Baseball right now the Phillies season is on pause the Marlins on a longer pause and uh, the Marlins, another player test positive today. I believe it's 16 players uh who have tested positive, it might even be 17. Um, and it shows, and again, we're waiting to see with the Phillies thing with the cross contamination and, and Phillies have tested negative for two straight days, but obviously it could still present uh the next few days. So we're we're waiting with bated breath, so to speak. But I, I think a lot of people, Elliot, when this Marlins thing happened and, and we saw how how rampant it spread through that clubhouse, you know, with the, the all the players who are together, how quickly it spread through them, and the effect that it has on major league baseball. Basically shutting a team down for now. Like they're gonna be playing with a, a minor league roster when they do come back. Very likely. Um, you know, shutting another team down. The the nationals won't have games this weekend because they were supposed to play the Marlins. I mean there's a lot of factors to this, to this baseball season. I think a lot of people when this happened thought, uh oh, football uh-oh, mm-hmm. because it's a very similar thing. The NBA, no new tests, you know, no no positive tests in their second round of testing. That came out today. The NHL looks like they're doing great. It looks like the bubble, shockingly, is the best way to go for, for bringing sports back. NFL, it seems like an unlikely concept to be able to, to do that. Where do you stand right now with this Marlins outbreak and in your mind how it impacts the NFL?
1: So this has been an emotional roller coaster for me. I would say right off the bat, because when this initially happened, and you know the, it starts to leak out, players in the Marlins are positive. The game might not be played tonight. The game is postponed. You know, 14 players have it. Next thing you know, the Eagle, I mean, the Phillies' next game is postponed. My initial reaction was it was the first time I felt football might not happen. All see, off season, I felt very confident the NFL was going to play. But when this happened, was the first time I thought. Maybe I'm just I'm kidding myself. Like if the if MLB can only make it three games into the season before a major outbreak and a team has to uh, you know essentially be shut down, like what makes me think that the NFL is going to make it work? So that that was my initial reaction. But you know what? Like they played games that night, and the games have continued to be played. And I know the Phillies are sitting out, and obviously the Yankees and the uh, Marlins have been as well. But the league went on. And I think it just hit closer to home because it's the Phillies. But I wonder if the reaction would have been as strong if this was a Seattle Mariners where it happened. Like, we've seen sports get stopped in Philadelphia, and that's scary, and it sucks. And, you know, I I enjoy watching the Phillies every night. I enjoy listening to the High Hopes pod. Like, it sucks that baseball got put on hold. But it looks like they're going to make their way through it. And I think that, you know, as, as upset as I was initially, my end reaction is I think that, we're just gonna have to accept these things are gonna happen, and but that it's going to continue. And so I think the fact that baseball is still going, the fact that the Phillies are going to play on Saturday as of now, and the Marlins just gonna have to sit out for a while. Like it is what it is. Um, so I guess that's my whole kind of range of emotions on that. Uh, what, what was your initial take?
0: Yeah, well, similar in the sense of of the immediate thought of of this isn't good for the NFL. I will push back a little bit on the. If this were the Mariners thing, because you could also say if this were the New York Yankees, does the baseball season continue? If there's the New York Yankees that have 17 players, a team that is a World Series favorite and the New York freaking Yankees, do they just keep rolling on the season and pause them like that? I mean, they probably do. Can I, but can I a, answer
1: that? Sure. I, I think the answer is I think the answer is yes. I, think and it I don't is, want to interrupt you, No, know, I, I think it think is, too. Is,
0: yeah. I agree. I think yeah. it probably is, too. But again, that's a much, much, much bigger story if it's the New York Yankees. Uh, the fact that it's the Florida Marlins, I think, is a little easier for people to, to reconcile because no one expected the Marlins to compete this season anyway. And it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're not really a factor anyway. If it were the Yankees, if it were the Dodgers, not only a much bigger market, a much bigger team, but also a team that is expected to be a World Series favorite. I don't know. I don't know what the reaction is. I definitely think it's different. I think there's a lot more conversations about potentially pausing the full season or whatever or not wanting that team to be at too much of a deficit, competitive fairness, all that. I think those questions are, are questions that have not been raised in the Marlins situation as much. But if it were the Yankees, I do think they would be. I agree with your general concept, though. The idea that I do think that whether it's the NFL, whether it's baseball, that these leagues are looking for too power forward. Look, we've seen with the NFL and everything they've done. At no point have they paused for a breath. They're just plowing forward. And I think with baseball, look, I don't think they started this season up to stop it after a weekend. Like, I just don't. It costs a lot of money to start the season up. Uh, look. Yeah. But again, it also comes back to that that question that was the heart of all this, right, initially. And, and what you were just talking about with the opt-outs is the idea that these sports were supposed to be done with player safety at as the heart of it. The number one thing that matters is player safety. I think that we can say that the way this happened so far is probably not true. You know, David Price well, with that wait. tweet saying, this is why I'm home. Like, clearly baseball is not putting player safety first. Like, it's not, to a point. But let, but let, me,
1: let me push back on that, because then baseball comes out, and it says that, what, no, I think no other player on – Or a very small percentage of tests on other teams have come back positive, right? I mean, since the
0: Marlins outbreak, there have been no other tests positive.
1: Correct. And in your point about the fact that, yeah, the Phillies test as of now, but it could show later, right? Like, but no Phillies have it, right? And they played against a team that was essentially crawling with COVID, right? Like, And I also don't think we can overlook the fact that this team is coming from Florida, which is, if not tech, if it's either Florida or Texas, it has handled this the worst of anywhere in the country. Yeah, but there are
0: football teams in those states,
1: right? So I I think there are. But my point is this: is that like I don't know if you can say baseball is not putting player safety first when it's really one subset of 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 a team that got it like it well, oh, no, that's no, no no
0: no you could say that the fact that they played that game on sunday is is a travesty i mean when they knew that there were four positive tests and that there was a potential for an outbreak in a team that they went out and played a baseball game on sunday is but based on a player vote by the mons i mean is is a travesty i mean that's an outrage is, I,
1: I, I agree i agree but i guess if we're talking about this from like a football perspective as well if your initial reaction to the Marlins' tests where baseball has to shut down, and you're right, if it was the Yankees or if 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 it happens to the Eagles during the regular season. I mean, the Eagles are one of the biggest teams in the league. Like, if it happens to the Cowboys, that's what the initial reaction will be. But my point is, once we got over that initial, like, hour and a half of panic, like, no other players on any of their teams have tested positive. Nobody on the Phillies have. The Marlins have kind of stepped away. The games are continuing, And I think because it's new, it feels like a bigger deal than it is. And I'm not trying to to Uh, diminish the fact that. I
0: I disagree with that. I I think this is a massive deal that they need to be. Again, we're talking about baseball. Like, even if it hasn't transferred over to the Phillies, and we don't know if, if it doesn't, they got very lucky. But. Baseball is a sport where these guys don't touch each other, like very rarely. I mean, I would be worried about Romudo because he's standing at home, uh, sitting at home with these hitters coming up. But even then, he's still like, they're not looking at him. They're not like talking directly to each other, like right next to each other in an enclosed room. In football, these guys are right up in each other's faces. They're breathing on each other. They're touching each other. Like, I think that, I mean, there are more players, All like football My big takeaway from this is football better get its crap together. Like, seriously. Because this is the type of thing where, like, my point being that an outbreak in football is a lot scarier to me than an outbreak in baseball.
1: So here's a a difference, I would say, off the bat. Baseball is kind of uniquely, like, set up to be really screwed by an outbreak because they play every single day. So even if you get tested one morning and it doesn't show up initially, or if you get it, like the Marlins— like being out for four days cost you four games, and that's a huge deal. But football, they're only going to play once a week. So I think that you have a little bit more of a built-in time there where things could be okay if somebody were to get it. And you know, look, maybe I'm talking myself into this. Like there could be <laughs> part of that. But I I guess what I'm saying is, like, we the initial shock of this happening, I think, initially warped my opinion. But then if you just look at the big picture, what ended up happening. I don't think it means there's not going to be football. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not, well, saying, that. I, I, I'm not no, saying... No, no, I'm, ta- I'm more talking to myself in a way, but what, what <laughs> I mean is, like, if there's an outbreak in the NFL, things will continue. Like, and you we can debate whether it should or not, but what we saw with baseball was an entire team had it, but the games continued, right? So, now, I guess my question would be, like, is that the right thing to do? That's different, but... I think we're seeing that these leagues are not going to shut down. They're, they're just not, unless there's a, an outbreak of epic proportions. Well,
0: uh, uh, yeah, I agree with you. But here's the thing, we're talking about one team. If it's multiple teams that get it, that's when you get into a worrisome situation, right? I mean, if it's, if there are five baseball teams that can't play because they have too many, you know, a COVID outbreak on their team, then that's a situation where you're, you, you might have to stop a season. I agree with you that it is uh, like it, For me, it is an optimistic sign for football that baseball kept playing. But I always expected baseball to power through something like this. That's why they had the 60-man rosters. Like That was the main reason they have a taxi squad of 30 guys ready to go is in case they have to fill in for situations like this. I'm just telling you, if it were more than the Marlins, I think it's a different situation. If we're talking about four or five teams that have outbreaks, that's a real problem for the sport to continue.
1: I agree, but it's it's not four or five teams. I know, right? I know, so, I know. But right. my
0: point is that I think in football, we are talking about a, a a situation where I think it is more likely to transfer from team to team than baseball is. Uh,
1: like, So that's where I disagree with you, though, because in one week, the Phillies can come encounter with as many as, what, four different teams? Or I guess three, depending, you know, like how long the series are. Football, you're only encountering one team every seven days. So it is like there's just not as much, there is more interaction on the field. And I think the larger point is, and also there's been reports that have come out that potentially this happened because the Marlins players left their hotel and Mm. went out. Mm. Like this, this goes to the point of, you need players that are going to take this seriously and yes. everyone has to accept that. Like from the 90th man on the roster, or I guess I'd say the 80th man on the roster right now to the third PR person, like everybody that's in that Nova care has to take this seriously. Like I even as a media member feel an obligation outside of just normal social distancing. Like if I'm going to be anywhere near the NovaCare this year, like I have a responsibility to, to socially distance because I'm going to be interacting with these players just like I do in everyday life feel out that, that obligation. But my point is that like it's gonna be the players, but also when you look at why this happened, like it was one small subset of people that broke the rules. It, this didn't happen because of baseball. This didn't happen because of like on the field with football. Like if people follow the rules, I think what you're seeing overall, is it? it's worked out pretty well so well, far. I mean, there's but again,
0: again, that- again, this is people breaking the rules three days into the season. These rules were even broken before the season started in exhibition games. Yes. Like, we're talking about young, rich men being willing to not go out, not do things and all that. And look, I think that, uh, like, you know, Hopefully, a, a large proportion of those people. Well, it looks like in baseball, for the most part, a lot of people are. But again, like the you just said,
1: majority. But like the you just said,
0: majority. it takes one person. It takes one person to bring that into the locker room. One, just one. Yeah. And then the potential for everyone to get it, and that's my concern. Is that to your point? Like these guys need to take this seriously. Are they going to? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my guess is that if you ask me, do 100% of NFL players take this seriously, I would say absolutely not. No chance. Because you you don't get 100% of anything.
1: Right. I would say 100% of any company, any walk Look at 100% of
0: America. I mean, like, what do you want to, like, anywhere. Exactly. Like, you're not, there's always going to be people who are going to put other people in danger. And I I agree with you that, look, I think they're going to power through in every situation possible. Like, these, whether it's baseball or football, like, Like you said, it has to be a a dire situation in terms of multiple teams with serious outbreaks, unable to field a roster, whatever, those types of things. That's when it starts to get to a question of will they actually stop. I agree they're going to push, they're going to push, they're going to push. There's a lot of money involved. Let's be real about this. They're going to push forward. But I just – my point is I don't think that we can – you can't take this lightly. This Marlins outbreak should be a sign for everyone – that you can't mess around?
1: I'm not, but wouldn't you also agree that now that we're three days removed from this— like, I started off feeling pessimistic about what happened, but now that we're three days removed, I think this is actually somewhat encouraging to show that. Well, we got to wait.
0: You got to wait to see if Phillies players test positive or not. Like, I can't say that. Well, but until, they haven't yet. We can only go off take, the information we owe right now. Right. But the point and is, got, I'm saying I'm not, I'm reserving judgment until the incubation period is done, until we know that the Phillies didn't test positive. I mean, it's very possible right. that they That's test fair. tomorrow and multiple players test positive, you know? So I'm That's waiting on fair. that. But I understand right. your point. If no Phillies players test positive, something that— it, Look, it's it's a negative, period. I mean, people have COVID. There's no positive spin on that. And, but, and that was
1: going to be my next point, is yeah. that it, it feels weird. And it even feels weird to write about it. Like, there's been times where— So, um, there was the rule that came out in the NFL that if a player gets COVID, he has to sit out for three weeks. And so, I was like, all right, I'll write about this. So, I'm sitting down to write about it, and I'm talking about, like— well, think about it. If Lane Johnson gets COVID, the Eagles are pretty thin at tackle. And it feels just so weird and wrong to talk about it in that way. Like somebody is getting sick, but I guess it's not that much different than if somebody were to get injured. Like it kind of puts into perspective how we talk about these athletes, but you're right. Like for me to sit here and say, well, guess what? Only 18 players on one team got COVID. Like, I I get, I do get that for those listening. And
0: I didn't mean to imply that, you know, you were saying anything different,
1: obviously. No, I know, but I, I just, I can't lie when I say like, it felt reassuring to see baseball go on. It just did. Like it felt like a big deal here in, big deal here in Philly because they didn't play. But the fact that baseball games continue to be played, it was reassuring because it's scary to think of sports shutting back down. It yeah. just it is. Like well, especially
0: it's terrifying. I, I know. I mean, <laughs> we I was need football, here, I think, man. We need it.
1: Yeah. It's it so overall, and so let me ask you this. Yes. Do you think do you think the NFL should try to go to a bubble? They still have that opportunity.
0: Um look, yeah, it, it, Theoretically, yes. I think that there's no question. We are seeing it firsthand that a bubble is better than a non-bubble. If you want to finish your season, I just don't think a bubble is actually feasible for the NFL. I think there are too many players to, it's too big an ask, asking every single player to leave their family for 7 months this and that. Like it's too long and it's too many people in my mind for them certainly now, this late in the game, to effectively pull off, but in a in a in a perfect world, yes.
1: So with with the acknowledgement that, like, the logistics of it would be difficult, the union's participation would have to take take place, the financial aspect of it, acknowledging that that's all complicated, I do think one thing the NFL should look at exploring, and you can't pull off a bubble like the NBA has in Orlando and like the NHL is going to do. There's too many players, the season's too long, all that. Not enough
0: fields, all that type of stuff.
1: Right. But what I do think would make sense, what the Eagles do during training camp for rookies is there's a hotel – Near the facility, I guess I shouldn't say exactly where
0: it is, but there's a hotel in that general. <laughs> facility. Yeah, don't it out was... it. Let, let's keep that one here, yourself.
1: Yeah, um, so there's a hotel in the general facility. Uh, actually, this is a funny story. I don't know if I should tell it, but eff it, who cares? So <laughs> yes. In in my in my eight years of covering the team, there was one time where I was hanging out with an Eagles rookie. Like we like went out to like a bar or something. Like, we were like hanging out, right? And so I go to drop him off at the hotel. And as I drop him off, the head of security is sitting right there. Sees, oh, buddy. Sees me drop him off. The head of Eagles team team security. And I'm sure. like, wow, that's less than ideal timing for the player. Oh, who man. Did, who, did, who did not make the team. And that probably should have been my top, <laughs> you know. like I probably should have known that if he's hanging out with me, yeah. like, he's probably not going to make the team. That's but, hilarious. Um, yeah. So what I do think could work potentially to get back to the bubble point is if each team rented out a hotel near the facility and you just had players stay there and they go back and forth, maybe you don't make it, you know, like a requirement. But I think as much as you can control where these players are at and really everyone in the facility, like as much as you can tr- can control everyone that goes into that facility, as much as you control where they are, that's that's for the better. So. I, you can't pull off a large bubble like in Orlando, but I do think there's an advantage to saying, like, "Look, there's a hotel right here. We'll bus you back and forth to the facility every day. We'll provide meals for you. We'll, you know, go pick up your DoorDash or whatever. Like, and give that option. I bet more players would sign up for it than you think.
0: Uh, look, I, I, I'm with you. Anything you can control, any way you can make sure these guys are not putting themselves at risk and thus putting others at risk, I think is a great idea. I, I agree that I don't think there's any way you're gonna get. Full participation or the players' union to force it or whatever. I mean, we've just. I, there's there, no way they
1: would allow there's it. There's no yeah. way.
0: And also, they would have to think about it this way. They have to make that change where they're saying, all right, if you're going to leave your family, I'm guessing they would have extended the opt out date because players might want to opt out if they have to leave their family. I mean, like, there's so many angles to that that it's, you right. know, hard to know. But I it, again, in a perfect world, the most bubble, the best bubble, whatever you could do, I, I would be in support of because I do think that. Pretty clearly, it's the most effective way about going about returning to sports. Um, all right, so re- real quick, yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm
1: sorry to interrupt.
0: But, never, never apologize. Uh, tweet- <laughs> just, just do it. Just go.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I tweet tweeted out from the Go Birds pod. Have you seen the results of this poll
0: yet? I didn't even know you tweeted a poll out.
1: Okay, perfect. So, um, I tweeted: Will the NFL start and finish the 2020 Ooh. season on time?
0: Can I take a guess?
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm going to ask. So the answers were clear-cut, just yes or no. Okay. Do you want to guess what the percentage was? My guess
0: is 72% say no, it will not start and finish on time.
1: All right. Are you cheating? Because that's
0: exactly what it was. No way! No way! Is it really? Do you swear? Oh my god. I, I'll send you. I'm going to like go right buy now. a lottery it's ticket exactly. or something. Whoa. That, that's exactly what it is. Oh yeah. my god, dude. That Seven, is 772%. I swear on my life, like that is unbelievable.
1: Wow. I just sent you a text so you could see how solemn it But I can't the, believe it. Uh, but I was surprised by that. Honestly. Oh my god, look and at this.
0: This is unbelievable. I I'm yeah. legit floored it's by amazing. This.
1: <laughs> this is pretty um, cool. I was surprised by that though. I thought that it would be I, frankly, I thought yes was going to win. Uh, so the fact that it was so large, no, now I get that's the Twitter audience, which is a little more panicky when it comes to this type of stuff, but I was just surprised by that. So before we move on, I'll ask you, we'll both answer it. Yes or no. Will the NFL season start and finish on time?
0: Um, I I mean, my heart says yes, but in all honesty, I I would have to say no. I, I, as of right now, I just don't see, especially if we're heading into winter and we don't know what's going to happen with the virus and flu season and all that. There's just so many variables, and I already am concerned about their ability to pull this off to begin with. So I would have to say no and and just hope I'm wrong.
1: I'm still going to vote yes. I just just feel like the NFL will power through. Now, whether that's the right or wrong thing, it's probably the wrong thing. But if I'm just (laughs) guessing.
0: I agree with you, though. I do think, look, again— I think the NFL will literally do everything they possibly can. Like it will take multiple teams unable like having to forfeit games. Like they might even be cool with multiple forfeits. Like it's gonna oh, take I think they will. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna take a lot for them to cancel the season. I think that is the one thing that you're holding on to.
1: I'll also say, and this is not my opinion. This is just what I think the NFL feels. I don't think the NFL cares who's in those uniforms i just think they want those games to be played frankly like i don't think they care if you know four wow five, i four, did
0: not four, see I... elliot advocating scab players oh, on the gober exactly.
1: <laughs> tweet at elliot Shore parks My yeah, I mean, you fun cover fun these but... guys
0: how are they supposed to talk to you now that i know you support scabs taking their jobs man yeah, not, clearly, cool. Clearly not cool e. clearly not cool um, yeah not cool but you're no, a union I, guy I what, what is going happened. on we're in a union together elliot not cool man
1: you're right. You're right. I know. Uh, no, but that's just, that's what I think the NFL's mentality is. <laughs> Frankly, I do. So I think and they'll I, start on time. I think they'll finish. Yeah.
0: I look, I definitely think that's their mentality. I think it might be out of their hands, is my concern. But I, I agree with you. And, and I think it is a positive for people who just want their football. Like, I do think that that is a, a real possibility based on the fact that the NFL's go look, they've powered through from the jump. I mean, everything, they've just moved forward like. Not like nothing's wrong, but you know what I mean. Like like they're just pushing forward. So we'll see. Uh I want to get back I just
1: I want I want football so bad. Well, like of course. I just I want Eagles games yes. so bad. Yes. Like I just really, really, really want to see Eagles Washington on the thirteenth. I want to see LA come in week two. I want to see them play San Francisco. Like I I want this season so bad, and God, I hope it happens. I
0: know, man. Look, I—it's one of those things where, look, we went what four and a half months, uh, hundred and thirty-two days, as you uh, told us with your takes column, without sports of any kind, and um, I don't ever want to do that again. But also, right. I think—I think if it, you know, when when we're talking football, it, it's just a different beast. I mean, we all know it. I mean, the, football is just a different animal it's a different thing and i think that if there were no football i do think that that impact is even stronger than than you know losing the other sports for a period of time so i'm Mm -hmm. with you please 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 (laughs) please play football all right uh speaking of football i want to get back to doug i want to get back to the alshon thing but we've gone for almost 40 minutes into this podcast without talking about like really what prior to the opt-out thing has been the biggest story in Philly this weekend and one that I'm sure people want to hear your thoughts about Eddie. uh let's talk oh, yeah. about, let's talk about the NFL top 100 because because we have to um because I know that we disagree on multiple things about this the list itself yes. who's on the list let's get into it uh for those who did not see it the NFL 100 uh five Eagles players made the list none higher than 73. Brandon Brooks at 98, Jason Kelsey at 94, Darius Slay at 92, Zach Ertz at 85, Fletcher Cox at 73, a notable name missing. Well, really two notable names, as Lane Johnson should be on there also. But of course, Carson Wentz not on the list. Let's start just talking about the the list itself, and then we'll get to Carson. What do you think about the NFL Top 100 uh, on a basic level? Is this a list that that you put any credence in? Do you, do you care about the results, or is this kind of a, well, that's dumb. So, I I think the list
1: matters as much as any list matters. Like, all lists are subjective. No list is perfect. Like, you hear all these people on Twitter and a lot of media members saying like, oh, this list, what a joke. Like, as if any list media members make is like some holier-than-thou experience. Like, I respect all lists. Like, when CBS Sports put one out, I I take that for what it's worth. When I make a list, when any of the other beat writers make a list, like lists are subjective. So, yes, is the NFL top 100 list perfect? No. Do all the players take an hour and a half, sit there and like study before they write names down? No. But however the list is put together, that's how it came to be. And so I think that you can look at it and say these are players that play against these guys. Players know, I would, and I feel comfortable saying this, players know, like, a lot more about football than the majority of people that just watch football and that are media members. Like, they just do. They've played it their whole life. They understand the games. Like, they understand what makes an opposing defensive tackle so hard to play against. And I also think it's ironic that people love to hear how, during the program, these guys talk about, the. Uh, you know, so if Brandon Brooks is nine, number 98, players talking about Brandon Brooks is very interesting but then on the other hand, we dismissed the list. So I think the list is, it's fine. Like if it, and to kind of, I guess, move into Carson two years ago when Carson was number three, I didn't hear anybody complaining about the list. Now that Carson's not in the top 100, the list is a joke. So we can't judge lists like that. You can't like, so there, there you go. That's my rant on the list. Where, where are you at with it?
0: this list is a joke, Elliot.
1: There you, go. Is, there
0: you go. It's a complete and total joke, and I'll get to the cars and part of it. Well, but just, why? Why? Well, because these players don't care about this list. I know you're saying they do. I thought Jeff Schwartz had a really good tweet about it. He, former NFL player for many years, Jeff Schwartz says the NFL 100 list is silly. It's just something for off-season programming. When I was playing, got asked to do it. I'd put Mitch's name first, his brother, then my teammates, and then my favorite lineman. Not sure how many guys take it seriously. Now, look, there might be some guys who take it seriously. But I think there is a large portion of players who do not take it seriously. And more so, there are a large portion of players who don't face these guys every year. You play, what, 10 different teams with your division when you think about it? Like, you play, that's it. You don't see that many different teams. You're basing it off a small subset of the teams you face. Do You think these guys are going and watching all these players play? And then, I mean, if you really want to get into it, that the list itself is... Utter disgrace! Like just a travesty. Todd Gurley at fifty-one, really? Todd Gurley? Okay, that, Todd that Gurley's ba- basically that. out of football. Practically, he got cut. Chris Carson is on the list. Darren Waller's on the list. Josh Jacobs is on the list. And then let's get to Carson Wentz because hold on, let me say one thing for you, sure, to Carson. Sure. All right. Sure. So, please. So-
1: I, I think, and you're right, like, and I've been in the locker room. I see how these lists happen. Like, the NFL goes from locker room to locker room. They give all the players a piece of paper that has 1 through 100 on it, and they have to fill it out, right? So that alone, I think, makes it a little bit tougher to make a list that way. But I respect the fact the NFL does this. They go to every locker room. It's a lot of work. They add them all up, right? It, it is a lot of work by the league. And the way the players do this is, I've seen it. Like, they'll huddle up, and yeah, you're right. They'll, like, if I, I've been in the Eagles locker room, and they're like, you know, we got to put – Zach Ertz first, or whoever, Jason Peters. So there's there's that part of it, and there is the bias where if the Eagles play against the Cowboys twice a year, they're more aware of guys on the Cowboys than they are of guys on the Denver Broncos, who they haven't played in you know two or three years, right? But no matter, but that bias is there all over the league. So like, yes, Todd Gurley does not belong in the top 100, but the reason Todd Gurley is is because players snap and quick snap, quick think and think like. Todd Gurley is one of the best running backs. Right, in the but
0: that's now, the flaw in the list. That's part of what makes invalidates the list is something that we should take seriously. Again, Todd right. Gurley at 51 means like what are these people thinking about? What football are they watching? It's a popularity contest. It's a it's all about name recognition this and that like but that's not a real list that we should take seriously like to your point about media members like at least that like if i don't know let's say warren sharp makes a list at least i know warren sharp watches all of these teams does data on all of these teams that he's coming from a perspective where at least i feel like he is educated on everyone in the league these players are not like they're just not they're they're coming from different perspectives that also could be selfish perspectives like like Jeff Schwartz said, like, I'm putting my brother on the list, and then I'm putting all my teammates. Like, that is absolutely something that happens. A- and thus, it helps it, it, to invalidate the list.
1: But, yes, I think those are fair points. And now we can move into Carson. Like, but don't you think that the fact that Carson didn't make it is somewhat telling?
0: Like, I, No, I don't think, I w- so here's I, the I thing. Think... I wouldn't say telling. I would say it's notable. I think, I look, I think the fact that Carson made it can be explained by a lot of different things. But I think... One of them might just be that he's kind of, you know, not someone who people think about as like a cool quarterback. I mean, look, here's the issue. But why like, do you think he came in at number
1: three in, in two years ago? Then, because right? he was because coming he off was an MVP really good season that year. Yeah,
0: but yeah, you get, dude. But like, here's the issue. Uh, you want to make a list, that's fine. If you want to put Carson not in the top 100, it's stupid, but that's fine. But you can't tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen all deserve to be in front of him. That's a joke. Like, I know you would put Kirk Cousins in front of him. I most certainly would not. I know you would consider putting Dak in front of him. I absolutely would not. Jimmy G... I definitely wouldn't. I know you might. But Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen, really? Really? Those guys deserve to be in front of them? That's a joke. It invalidates the list. Like, you can't tell me that this is the top 100 players and then have quarterbacks who are absolutely clearly worse than Carson Wentz on the list.
1: Okay. And look, I'll say this. I'm very, I'm sensitive to the fact, and I read it in the comments that people think I hate Carson. I do not hate Carson, but let's look at each of those objectively. Ryan Tannehill had a better year last year than Carson Wentz. And
0: when you're, when you're making the ball off to Derrick Henry a lot. Yeah. He was really good at handing the ball into Derrick Henry's gut and letting Derrick Henry, he threw for less than a hundred yards in a playoff game. Like, what are we talking about? Okay.
1: But Ryan Tannehill and I don't have the stats in front of me. He finished near the top of the league in a lot of like advanced metrics. Like there and look, I agree with you. Like Derrick Henry was more important to that team, but the idea that Ryan Tannehill didn't play well last year is not true. Like I I'm not saying Carson that. I'm
0: saying team. Carson played better.
1: Okay, so that's where I disagree though because look. Carson, I think Carson is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. I think he is like maybe five times as good as Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen is trash. I do not think Josh Allen is good. Josh Allen last year, like had a better year than Carson did. No, he,
0: he didn't. He, just did. he did not. I that mean, that's an ass on thing. One to... the, but the Bills, but the Bills
1: were one of the best teams in the league last year. What are you talking year? about? The Bills, like, were they, ten, they,
0: the Bills were ten and six, and the Eagles were nine and seven. What are we talking okay, about? That's I, one game. Were the Bills and I get that the Eagles beat the Bills, but would you yeah, not agree handily, overall the handily in were- Buffalo while Wentz was awesome.
1: Right, and Josh Allen sucks. But my point is, when the players make this list, the way they do it is they say, like, you know
0: what? The Bills, like, okay, they so went Okay, so explain to- Kyler they- Murray to me. Explain Kyler Murray to me. Well, well I think what, Kyler is a more exciting player. He was
1: he was rookie of the year. Again, I though, mean, like- you
0: understand that this is all Bullshit! Like this is all bullshit. Like this is not a, a real way to judge players. Again, we're getting back to a popularity contest. He was the number one pick. He's the rookie of the year. So Kyler Murray should be in front of Carson Wentz. Ky- Carson Wentz is not only a much better player than Kyler Murray. He was better last year. True. He was better I'm last year. Carson Wentz had a better season than Kyler Murray. No question. Zero question. In every metric you want to look at, he was better than Kyler Murray. He just was, and he had less players okay. around him. I mean, you look at a lot of these guys. Every single one of these guys have better receivers than Carson Wentz. Not even good, comparable.
1: Well, okay. I'll also say this: Carson and I said at the end of the year, the arrow was pointing up at Carson on the end of the year. But Carson did have a rough first first twelve games. Like he was he, no, not that,
0: that great. Is, that is a narrative. He had like three or four bad games. He had that Dallas game that was horrendous. He had the Seattle game, and there was like one other rough game. He was not I'm bad. Pull up his, that, I'm is pull up bad that is a bad. That is not a true narrative. And he was great. And granted, the numbers might not show up, but we all know Packers game he was awesome. Bills game he was awesome. Well,
1: okay, and I think that's another, like, I'm gonna I'm talking now from the player's perspective of why Carson didn't make it, because I do think Carson probably belongs in the top 100. And I'll also say that, although a list is different than a redraft, but if there was a redraft in the NFL, oh, he's top all 10. the players were he's, in there. He's, he's, might be like yeah, a top, he's, he's
0: top five to seven pick.
1: I, I would agree. I think that his injury history plays a little bit of a role in where he might go, but I agree he is like a top 10 pick, probably slam dunk 10 pick. But when, for, if you're an opposing player, like I can see how opposing players wouldn't be that impressed with Carson. I just I can see it like he he's he's had injury concerns like I think the Nick Foles thing does play a little bit of a part in it like Carson makes exciting plays but he also is pretty inconsistent like I could see why Carson didn't finish in the top 100 and all the all the issues you have with this list those issues were there when Carson was number three so like I thought the list was
0: stupid then too though like I'm not I, I I think the NFL top 100 is stupid every year no matter the results like I think it's a stupid list
1: Okay. Well, I, I I disagree. I like the list. And again, I, I think that it's important to look at it like any other list. I mean, Warren Sharp was a great example. I think Warren Sharp is one of the smartest people in football, right? Like his list does mean a lot. I will agree with that. But every single list that's made has some level of like a flaw or a bias, right? Like Warren Sharp is very analytically driven, I would say. Like there could be that sure. flaw in his no list. No question. Like so right. So there there are those problems with lists. But I think also the Carson thing. Coming off of that, and then also the athletic thing where they had him ranked 11th, and I think as a tier two quarterback, Pro Football Focus had him ranked. It's not exactly clear. They had him number 18, but they had Joe Burrow ahead of him, so I feel like I might be misunderstanding how they did this. But they had him as a top, like as like a tier two quarterback. ESPN had him number eight overall. But overall, I guess my question would be, what is your opinion of the fact that Carson is not finishing on these lists? Where a lot of people in Philadelphia feel he should finish. Like, why is that happening? Are are they wrong? Like, what, what's what's your take no, on that? No,
0: it's a great question. To answer it simply, yes, I think they're wrong, clearly, but that's my opinion. Again, we're, we're all, this is a subjective thing. You know, how ranking quarterbacks, all that type of stuff, it's at least mostly subjective. Of course, there are stats, there are numbers, there's Super Bowl titles, there are all those things that, that matter when you're discussing or having this kind of conversation. But for me, yeah, I think that because of the way Carson Wentz's season has gone the last couple years, the injuries he had two years ago, the broken back, really just never able to look like the guy we expect him to be. And then last season, you know, unable to to really until those last four games be the guy we thought from 2017. And I I just think that because it happened so late in the season, I think because he got hurt in the playoff game, I think that really hurt his image with a lot of these players in terms of, you know, he didn't finish the game. And then those stupid narratives keep coming up again. And I I think that all weighs in. I don't, again, first and foremost, let me reiterate I don't care what the players think like the NFL top 100 in no way do I take any of it seriously or care what they think I think it is okay so I would just like I
1: disagree with right right and we're we're at that that
0: point but I think this is a as bogus like I I agree with your basic premise that every list comes from somewhere some subjectivity to it bias all that stuff I think this is the dumbest of those lists like any NFL list you're going to find I think this is up there with the dumbest of all of them. That's how I feel about okay. the NFL Top I, I 100. I disagree. Right. Like, clearly. I, clearly. I, I, I don't think, think these if, players take it serious at all. I think that they are. It's a popularity contest. It's name. It's this. It's not truly a measure of who the best football players are, in my opinion. That's how I feel about the list.
1: I, I think, but I don't think it's as black and white as that. Like, I do think... And again, Todd Gurley does not belong. He's it. number fifty-one.
0: Todd Gurley I mean, is number agree, so. Right? But again, how can you take the list seriously then? How can so you take the list you, seriously like, when why? Kyler Murray's ahead of, of Wentz, when Josh Allen's number eighty-seven, when Chris Carson's in the in the nineties? Darren Waller, who I think is a really nice player, Darren Waller's on the list. Like, what are we doing? But but let me ask you
1: then, like, why do you think Carson not finished in the top, didn't finish in the top one hundred? Like, do you think this was? A
0: big conspiracy out there, like are no, all these other I just players not top teammates
1: down? And no, the Eagles it's like why? no.
0: I just think he wasn't top of mind for a lot of people. I think like people like oh, but
1: don't you think that says something? That's that's my my point about the list. Like, no, Dak again, I don't. Forty six, like, right? But uh, like, what is so uh, why why is Dak forty six? Because this list is
0: stupid. That's what I'm telling you. Because Dak had more yards last year. I don't know, like because Dak has Campbell's soup commercials. Because Dak's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Like I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of different reasons for it. I think for different players, for different whatever, like they chose Dak because maybe they played against Dak and Dak had a great game against them. That's why I think this list is so stupid. I don't think there's any way you can look at it and say, oh this is how this person got in this spot. Like there's no real justification for it. It's a bunch of players just picking names. And and I'm more like
1: To be clear, I think Carson belongs in the top 100. I'm more discussing the list with you, but I I just think in general, like all these things you're pointing out about the players, they apply to every player. Like Car, it's not like Carson is dealing with all these dumb things about it, but like Dak isn't, right? So in some, like no matter how this list came to be, I just think it's weird that, like most media members would agree, Carson's not in the that Carson is a top 100 player and like a top. It seems that that most people think he's like 8 to 12 quarterback. So I, I think what, but let, what, here's
0: one thing where I think I can clarify up. I care more about what a lot of media members have to say about other players in the NFL than players on the particular teams. Again, I don't think those players are are the right people to be making this list. That's what I'm trying to but
1: say. Don't, but the players, but now if you want to say the players don't care, that's, for, that's I, true. I there think A, a they don't care.
0: And I think also they're not watching all these guys play, man. Like the, Todd Gurley uh, okay, is still but, on this list. But that's where I disagree with you. Todd Gurley had enough like, people on this list, put him on this list that he was number 51. He's not even in the 90s. Todd Gurley's almost in the top half of the 100. Like, again, yeah, like. That's a joke. I agree it with you. It is about a joke. That, but- that's my point. Like, that is a perfect example of why this list is invalid. But but then you could also if I wanted to play devil's
1: advocate, you could make the point that Todd Gurley's 51 on that list cuz he was one of the best running backs in the league for 4 or 5 years. So like kind of like where Jason Peters gets into Pro Bowl still, right? Because he's earned that reputation. Like I, like clearly Carson's not there. Is my point. Of course not.
0: But I mean again, yes, I, like again, I my uh, my main point and I think kind of why we're running in circles is I don't care about this list. It doesn't bother me that Carson Wins on, isn't is on it. I just think it's stupid. I think it's a stupid list that I don't take seriously. Right. That is my main takeaway from this list. It's a joke. I really mean okay. that. It's a that, joke.
1: That's fair. No, I, I can tell you. Yeah. Mean it. And I knew, I mean, I think you even tweeted it. That's how I, you know James I, I really tweeted and I really, like, yeah.
0: I felt strong yeah. enough to tweet and I truly feel, I think it is the dumbest list in the history of, li- maybe not the dumbest. I'm sure there's some really dumb lists out there. Like it is among the dumbest lists in the history of lists, in my opinion.
1: And maybe one of the reasons I'm like so passionately defending it is just because it annoys me that everyone is just going to like make fun of this list. But then other lists are like, well, those are okay because media members do it. Like, I don't think we can just diminish the players' opinions like that. Like, again, I agree. Some of them don't take it seriously. I've seen it with my own two eyes. But to say that the players themselves don't have a better grasp on who's really good, like, that's not true. Like, these guys watch tape all week. They study opponents. Like, if you've been in the league for three years, you've played – a good portion of the league when you and consider I, you play I,
0: I agree with that, but like, you can also get – what if you get a guy on his best day, you know, and then you're like, wow, that guy was awesome against us. I'm putting him on my top 100 when he's really not that awesome. I mean, I think you well, see that's that stuff happen, it. Like, me, but, but it
1: shouldn't but be. It, but don't you think that also judges our opinions? Like if we see – okay, so we saw the Jets last year when they were at their absolute worst, probably the worst game of the year. And I think Adam Gase is a trash head coach no matter what. But the Jets also, what they ended up winning? Seven games last year, if I'm not mistaken? Like, so obviously we're going to have biases when you see certain things. That's just part of it. Like, those same biases you're saying the players deal with also – are are realistically a part of media and fans. They just are. So a lot of what you're saying, if you want to tell me the players don't care when they make the list, look, I think that's a semi valid criticism. Well, but to it, say that the players have biases that media and fans don't, I don't think is true. I,
0: look, I to be fair, I I like I said, I there maybe there are certain lists. I look, I don't really care about any of these lists. Like they're fun to talk about and stuff, but it's not. I I'm not going to change my opinion based on a list. Like I'm not going to think less of a player or more of a player because they're on a list or not. Because of what you're talking about, like every single list, every single one of these things is coming from someone with some bias, with whatever. Now, if you want to show me a list that pulls a a large group of media members who work for certain whatever, maybe I'm interested in it. I don't really know, but my main point, mm-hmm. I I agree with that. The general concept is, I don't like any of these lists. I don't think any of these lists are something that is a, a definitive view into what is actually happening. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. But but I agree with you. Look, there's bias across the board, and I just think this list in particular. I don't personally don't think the players take it that seriously, and it, and I think it's perfectly evidenced by the fact that Todd Gurley's 51. Like for me, I yeah, see but- Todd Gurley. It's 51 on that list. Like I'm out on that list immediately. Like it doesn't matter what else is on it.
1: And I'm not saying you're doing this, but I just find and look. This is what fans do. I completely understand it. Like. Because Carson's not in the top 100, I think this list is getting ripped more than if, like, this list would not be getting ripped by Eagles fans if Carson finished 20th. It just wouldn't. So I think that we overall, like I said, when you combine that with the pro football focus thing, the the poll from The Athletic that had him 11th, I think that, look, if I tweeted Carson's the 11th best quarterback in the league, people would annihilate and me. And rightfully like, You hate so. Carson, right? Yeah, rightfully oh. so. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) James would be among them,
0: but there was just a poll of like
1: all the GMs in the league that had Carson 11. So like my my overall like my point is, and I think we could do a whole podcast on Carson Wentz clearly. And I know everyone's going to come in again saying I'm hating on Carson, but. Look like these. I think this week has shown that Carson is not viewed the same outside of Philadelphia like he is in Philadelphia. He's
0: just not. He's
1: just not.
0: Yeah. And look, they can all be wrong, and we can be right, and and they'll find there out they're go. wrong. You know, just like uh, you know, we're we're hungry dog- hungry dogs. Us against, the, really good, us against Us you against know? the world's all all that stuff. That's our thing. No one likes us, and we don't care, Elliot. Even though we care. Um, yeah. Real care quick, real quick, because I want to get to Doug in a sec. Um. Uh. And uh, I'm good on the top one hundred talk I think we've I think yeah, we've gone I think go. we've gone as far as we can go with that real quick we actually have some uh breaking news on the podcast which um obviously will not be breaking news for people when they're hearing this but but we do need to talk about it you and me as uh Nate Solder has uh has just decided to opt out so it's a, a pretty big opt out from the New York Giants, Giants starting tackle, left tackle. Nate Solder, you said? Yeah. Uh, okay. opting out um and uh there is a uh uh he has a, a write-up uh you know he's been talking with his family and um, uh, wow. health of uh, he says that our children's health, the health of our neighbors, comes before football. Uh, they have a new baby boy, um, or uh, yeah, they welcomed a new baby boy in the spring, and that's part of it as well. So you know, kind of along similar lines to some of the other guys, but that's a you know, look, I don't think we expected the Giants to be good this year, but that's that's a big blow to the Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we we should. Uh, preface all these by saying I'm happy Nate made this decision Absol- for himself yeah, again I we it, said right? that we,
0: we have a hundred 100- yes I support every single player who opts out for any reason support boom
1: yes that being said I think Nate Solder is pretty overrated and borderline sucks so like although the Giants were going to not be very good I don't like yeah this hurts them because those are starting tackle but I don't think he was that good anyway so
0: yeah and I mean, but look he's still, he's still a highly paid play. left tackle for them like uh, you know, he's still their starting left tackle. Whether or not yeah, it's, I well, agree, it's he's been a disappointment. Wrong. But, I, but yeah. yeah, either way, it's a big name. Uh, all right, um, Doug. Uh, Doug speaking a couple times this week. Uh, has, has anything kind of, and I, you talked a little bit before about the protocols and, and all that. Has anything else stuck out to you from what Doug has had to say?
1: Uh, yeah, so Doug talked. Um, I, I would say a lot of it, we talked about at the beginning of the pod about the protocol, but the one thing that stuck out to me and I think this is actually like a pretty tough spot for Doug to to do and I know we talked on the last pod about how he's primed for this and I still feel that. But what he talked about was like, look, I agree with all the protocols, I feel safe, I'm putting player safety first, but I also have to like coach football. Like the reality is that as much as we spent the first hour of this talking about basically all COVID and and the list debate of course, like Doug still has to prepare for Washington on September 13th. So, Doug talked a lot about how That's what he's been doing. He's trying to focus on it. He has a lot of contingency plans. Like if let's say for example, Jim Schwartz gets COVID and all of a sudden he can't coach, like who's their backup defensive coordinator. If Deuce Daly gets it, who's their running back coach. If Doug gets it, who's calling plays, who's the head coach. And I actually do think Deuce would step up and be the head coach on Sunday. If Doug were to get it, I guess it'd be him or Jim Schwartz, but I would lean towards Deuce um, being that guy. Uh, so that's kind of what Doug talked about. Um, he, I guess two interesting football-related things he said was, one, that he called the move for for Jason Peters from left tackle to right guard relatively easy. So I think they feel within the building that he'll just do it no problem. I think he d- tried to even downplay how easy he thought it was. So I think they have no concerns about that. Whether they'll be right, I don't know, but that's kind of their take. The other one he said was he was asked, do you think that you can't expect as much from rookies this year because of with the off season has gone. And he acknowledged that it's different, but he kind of said, no, like he that's said, he's fascinating
0: because that's been yeah. a, that's been a major talking point for us. And I, like, I, I don't know how you wouldn't expect less. And I, you know, whatever I'm interested to hear. I phrased it and whatnot, but for me, it's like, I don't know how you could expect not, you know I mean? Like they're going to have less time, less workouts, less preseason. Like, it just feels like so obvious that they wouldn't be as ready.
1: So I actually have the quote right here. Um, he was he was asked, are you are you not relying heavily on your rookies early on right now as far as contributions they might be able to make? He said, and I'll just read the relevant part, no, I wouldn't go that far because, as you know, every year there's going to be a rookie or two that really steps up and performs and catches our eyes. It doesn't matter if he's a guy on offense or defense. He can be a start on special teams. We can't forget that. Now, what I will say after talking to Doug, and then we also got a chance to talk to Jalen Reger and Jalen Hurts, there's an obvious loss by the fact that these guys haven't been able to practice and every player learns differently. Like some guys just, they can study the playbook all they want, but until they get out there and execute it, it doesn't fully set in. But one plus is that literally all these guys have been doing is studying the playbook. So I I think that there's that small advantage in the way that guys They'll have to adjust to being on the field, but Jalen Rager said this week he's learning all the receiver positions, which is different than what we had thought throughout the offseason. We thought he was just learning the Deshaun position based off what Doug had said. So Jalen Rager's learning all the positions. That's a good thing. Like He still has to come in, adjust to the speed of the game, execute the plays and all that, but I do think it's it's a good thing that he's been able to study the playbook so hard.
0: Yeah, I think that's great, and you know, we'll see, and I do like that, you know, the whole, like, we're just training him at the strong position thing, I that never sat well with me. I like the idea that, you know, they're going to kind of move him around and get him an opportunity to train in some other spots. Uh, real quickly, Nate Solder, I also didn't realize, his his son has cancer, which is uh, obviously sad, so it makes a lot of sense that he's opting out mm-hmm. there um, as well. Um, Alright, um, Alshon, I think that's kind of the other big news that has come out this week. Uh, Alshon, put on the pup for now. That doesn't necessarily mean he misses the first six weeks, right, Elliot? But, like, probably will, but we don't know for sure. Is that the idea? All
1: right. so if you would have asked me this at the end of the season, I would have said, there's no way Alshon's not on the pup to start. I don't even think he'd be on the roster. But, we are here, and so Alshon going on the pup, first of all, I I got some clarification. He still counts against the roster right now, but it seems like, so the whole thing with the 80-man roster, if you have 80 players, you can do a full squad practice, where if you have... 80 to 90 players you have to do split squad my understanding is eagles still plan on doing 80 players but it's just some complications with the rules so uh, alshon still counts against the roster but by going on pup now he can start pup at the beginning of the year i think the chances alshon starts the season on pup are like 60 i Ooh,
0: think that i would eagles have gone way pup. higher i'm surprised by that E.
1: look like I'm gullible. I'll put that out front, but I'll just say that everything I've heard from inside the organization is they really feel Alshon is going to contribute this year. They do. So if you believe that about him, putting him off for the first six weeks is no small thing. It's just not. Now, I know his injury could dictate that, but if the Eagles get to the end of August and feel Alshon could play by the end of September... I mean, look, they're not loaded. Their roster isn't particularly great with spots like forty-seven through fifty-three. So you could put, you could keep them. You could. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where they're at with Alshon. I still think it's more more than likely he ends up on pup, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that he will.
0: All right. Anything else from down there or any of the conversations you've had uh, that kind of sticks out to you? Um, not really. No. I mean, J- Jalen
1: Hurts talk just. Kind of said, you know, he's trying to get better every day. Got a lot of questions about playing positions other than quarterback. Kept <sighs> saying, I'm a quarterback. Poor is what kid, it is. man.
0: Poor kid. Yeah,
1: I know. I felt so bad for him. Well, um, and for those no, who yes. don't know,
0: check our, our feed. We had a bonus spot out on Monday where Elliot actually got to to sit down and talk to Jalen Hurts and Kevon Wallace. So check that out. I thought that was a lot of fun to hear those guys and actually get to know those rookies a little bit better. That's in the feed if you want to check it out at Pod on Twitter.
1: And um, also, so we had a commenter say that (laughs) you can't compare the Friday Night Lights, and this is off of Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts said his favorite movie is Friday Night Lights. He said you can't compare Friday Night Lights, the movie, to the show, because one's based off the book and one's not. While that might be true, I would like to say you could definitely compare them, because they're titled the same, and they're basically (laughs) the same plot line. So... So you absolutely can. Like I, your point might be valid, but to say you can't compare the two, I think is is wrong.
0: And I appreciate the comment and everything. Did, did, but who said? Who we're so he, did we, did we compare the two? I don't remember comparing the two.
1: Well, I I told Jalen Hurts that I thought. the TV Ah, uh, yes, show was from the editor.
0: Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes. And yes. and he said it. He said he liked the movie better because I guess I even though the show is also based in Texas. Yeah, the, the movie is like
0: technically based on the book, but I mean, let's be real. I love the movie too, but TV show's better. I mean. It just is. It's way better. I mean,
1: Coach Taylor, like, Billy Bob Thornton is not as good as Coach Taylor. Billy
0: Bob's actually great in that movie, but Coach Taylor, I mean, come on. uh, He's not even compared to Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor played that role better than anybody could. Love Coach Taylor. Kyle
1: Chandler. I'm a big
0: Kyle Chandler fan.
1: Al Chandler,
0: yeah. Any yes. Yeah,
1: well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that might watch it. So well,
0: not. Yeah, look at you. Yeah. Watch Friday Night Lights. Yes. It's it's terrific. I think it's only five seasons, right? So it's not like that big an yeah. ask. And I think the last couple are thirteen episodes, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. You would yep. remember yeah, better than no. shorter. They're shorter yeah. towards the end. Um all right, E. Any final thoughts? Well,
1: I did tweet out and ask for some questions. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you. My bad. Let's fire
0: through a couple of them real quick here. I can pull them up, too.
1: I'll start off. Fire one at me, uh, yeah. First one from Anthony A. Uh, Did the league say anything about what happens to players' contracts if the season stops midway? Um, The NFL and NFLPA kind of put out a document yesterday that explains all this. It's extremely complicated. The salary cap is complicated as it is with all of this being added on. It just is very complicated. I've read through it a few times. My understanding is... If the season stops, like the players do not get paid from where from that step forward, uh, whenever that week might be. So that's why there's been some speculation that guys, I don't know who they're saying is doing it, but that there's some advantage to like pushing your guaranteed money into 2021 and just sitting the year out, but knowing you're going to get that money. Versus starting the season, having it end after a month, and then you lose that a portion of that guaranteed money. So, uh, my my understanding is, if the season starts but then it stops, like the players would lose money. They'd get a stipend, but it's it's like three hundred fifty thousand dollars, which for some players is a lot, but for you know a majority of the league would not be much.
0: All right, good question from Casey Young, our good buddy Casey asks, uh, really a two parter. But the first one is favorite Eagles player not on the Super Bowl roster that is on the current roster. And he also asks, which accent do you despise? Do you have any accents you despise? Mm. There are accents I love. No. Yeah, I don't really have any I despise. I mean, there there's some rough ones. I mean, like there's probably some Eastern European accents that aren't necessarily the most romantic, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would, I guess I would agree with that. Favorite Eagles not on the Super Bowl roster that are on the current roster.
0: Hmm. That's a tough one. Kavon Wallace, your, can we do it already?
1: Yeah, Kavon <laughs> K- K- Wallace is a good one. That's definitely a very good one.
0: Um, it's a fun, I it's like, a fun I, question.
1: Yeah, I like T.J. Edwards. I think he's going to be good this year. Miles I'll Sanders, that. how about that? Uh, oh yeah, that that's a very good one as well. Um, it's probably someone in the secondary. I'm like partial to the secondary. I you think always that is, have been. That is one of the funnest rooms in the city. So I think all those guys are uh are super fun. I mean, Will Parks, Kevon Wallace, yeah. Uh, I mean, was Avante Digger. was on the Super Bowl. Avante was not on the Super Bowl. was
0: not. Grave Digger. It's a great nickname. Gotta love that. It
1: is. It is. Very not talked about, by the way, I would say. Javon I, Harden.
0: I think he's the guy who we have talked the least about, who I'm expecting the most out of, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think, think he's a good expect- football player, man.
1: Agreed, agreed. Um, all right, we got a question from uh, Mitch K in VA. Uh, seems like we get this question a lot, so I'll read it just to kind of say that Nobody needs to be worried about the linebackers. Like oh, I don't get what the with.
0: It is well, like, it's because they're terrible. So, but that's why people are worried. Well, we don't
1: know that. I think Nate Gary's like uh, uh, we're not. Good. Argue- I'm not arguing with you potential. about Nate like, Gary again.
0: We did that already. I'm done.
1: Okay, here's, okay. <laughs> this is a this is a Nate Gary question. Actually, from oh goodness, at Hubs, um, is Nathan Gary more likely to be a Pro Bowler this season or not a starter next year? Like I think we know what that answer is. Well, we know what
0: your answer out. is. No, nah, look, he's obviously okay, good. more you would likely agree. to not be a okay. starter. Yeah, <laughs> far more likely. I would say to not it's gonna be, be really, really hard
1: for Nate Gary to make the Pro Bowl. Like, it's going to be extremely hard. All
0: right, Jason P underscore forty four wants to know who wins in a fight: a bear or gorilla? It's a great question, Elliot. I think gorilla. I think gorilla too. Right? I, and and this is purely gut call here. I don't know. because this is whenever these ones are brought up. Like, I love when it's like. You know, you'll pick one and then someone's like, well, you're clearly wrong and give you like five actual reasons. Like, well, a gorilla has the ability to do this. Or that. Right. And you're like, I didn't know any of that. I was just picking one. I'm just picking one. Gut says gorilla. Well, my guess, my thing would be, I just feel like a gorilla could throw a harder punch. Like, more I guess mobile bears too. You spike. would think they can jump around a little better and all that, you know?
1: Right. All right. Yeah, we're on the same page. I like all right. That. This got this one, uh, the question, and this is my weekly attempt to read where I can't do it. Some it's a, it's a fan from the UK. He said, "Would you rather go zero and six in the NFC East, but have an amazing draft next year, or go six and zero and have another draft like the 2011 draft? 2011 draft was that was Danny Watkins."
0: Yeah, this is no. an amazing question. An amazing question. I am. I am. I have no idea. Because I think it's
1: pretty easy for me.
0: I like so. Look, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning zero and six and have an amazing draft. I think you need young talent that oh, bad. I,
1: I don't even think it's close. Look, if you go 0-6 in the NFC East, and I don't want to make this all about Doug and Carson, but at the end of the day, you want Doug and Carson to have success over draft picks. Like, as long as Carson is winning and Doug is winning, But you need that's young talent. Track. You need young talent. And well, if you're going 6-0 and 0 in the division, you might need that. not need that young I, talent. I love if, that we're on opposite sides of this. 0-6. If you go 0-6 in the NFC East, that young talent you might need might be a quarterback. I so need like, a future, Elliot. I need a future. Yeah, well, I got news for you. If the Eagles lose to the Washington twice, Giants twice, and Dallas twice, like your future
0: is way more screwed than one draft. So, oh, I, I think
1: six and zero is six and zero is the easy one. <laughs> All right, you got any more you want to answer? Um, uh, no. A lot of these we we kind of addressed. Yeah, address. I'm looking this through. Guy, it looks
0: like a lot of them we we pretty much talked about already.
1: Yeah, but I appreciate everyone uh, tweeting the questions for sure.
0: Yeah, no, and keep keep uh, keep tweeting at us. We love it. We'll. we'll definitely continue to answer questions on the pod and um we're still looking for for entrance songs we're going to be uh mixing some yes. of those in soon so send us if, if you're good at music and you are original again it's got to be original not like copyright material and all that but we are looking for an opening song and one of you can be immortalized forever yeah in, in the go birds field. yeah
1: we got a few submissions uh i got I, we got one that i i really liked uh had our names in it, which made me happy. Um, so yeah, it's been good. I'm excited uh, to uh, have a song. I, I like the intro, it is what it is. Like I said, I don't like changes,
0: but uh, I'm excited <laughs> to have our own song. Yeah, me too, man, me too. You got any final thoughts? <sighs> hmm,
1: not really, honestly. I feel like we touched on everything. Like I said, just the last few days have been crazy with all the the COVID news. I wish we were at camp, like just all those things. Although ironically, as much as I love training camp, when I was younger, I was too afraid to go to sleepaway camp cause I didn't want to do it. So
0: there you go. Oh buddy, you didn't do sleepaway camp? No, I never Aww. did. I was too nervous. Oh yeah. buddy, it's fun. Yeah. Camp a yeah. I was too nervous. Oh, I was I too nervous. I wish I could give you yeah, a hug a... buddy. I wish I could give you a hug. Uh, I'll see. young taker. I'll seed my final thought to uh, our good friend, great listener of the pod, uh, kind enough to send us a care package in the past, the great Justin in Tennessee. Um, reached out to me and said, I finally got to listen to the last pod. And it absolutely blows me away that E would rather watch Siesta Sleaze instead of Stand By Me or Crimson Tide. Justin, yes.
1: Well said. That's fair. Well said. Well, look, I I would just say- Siesta Sleaze is strong.
0: It's strong.
1: I'll, I'll say this. If Justin wants to give me a movie to recommend- I like this. And then he watches Siesta Key- Although it's not as good as it used to be. But if he wants to watch it, like, I will do that trade off with him.
0: I like it. All right, Justin. Uh the ball is in your court now. And uh we need to do more of that too. Maybe we'll make it a thing where you and I can kind of force each other to watch some things and see who's, Yeah. Well, who's...
1: your last recommendations were good. What was uh
0: Yeah, the when one Harry Met Sally, you liked that?
1: Yeah, the one about the prison. Oh, uh
0: um, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that one was amazing really good. movie.
1: It was very good. I appreciated that one. So, yeah, I got, we'll get back I got to doing you. There's that. There's so
0: many more where that came from. Uh, <laughs> all right. Again, check out the uh, the pod with uh, Kevon Wallace and Jalen Hurts. Really good stuff in there. Um, and hit us up at Go Birds Pod on Twitter whenever, wherever. And, uh, we'll be talking to you guys again soon. He's Ellie M. James. We'll see you later.